Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more movie and nostalgia podcasts, visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome to Wistful Thinking and the year 2020. Yay! <laughs> We're sitting in the same room right now, which is, we don't, we do this we like do once that. a year. Maybe. We're sitting in the same room right now and she gestured to me to... Do something. I, I was actually moment. just flailing. Oh, you were celebrating. I couldn't tell. Not really conflailing. Like, I don't know what to say next. Uh-oh. That was what I was doing. Oh, well, I guess but... that was like, oh, I see that as a cry for help. Let me help you. <laughs> and you did. Uh, so, we're going to uh, be talking about some stuff. We both went to see Little Women, not together, <laughs> but we both saw it. We're going to talk about that very briefly. Um, because if we talk about it for not briefly, we'll accidentally talk about that the whole time, mm-hmm. and that's not our goal today. No, our goal is to reflect back on the year and the decade that was, maybe, I don't know. It'll be an interesting conversation. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, I sat down this morning and like wrote a bunch of stuff down, and was like, why is this the stuff I'm writing down? Like, like I was so curious, like what I was leaving out and why I would leave it out. And I figure some of it will come up as we talk. Yeah. But also now that we're like here doing this and like, I should have written down a bunch of movies and TV shows that like were meaningful in mm-hmm. this decade. Mm-hmm. But that's like a whole different list. It is and a I'm different not Joey. <laughs> I did make a list of like favorite movies from the decade. I feel like I can't even remember at this point, like, what came out when. Mm-hmm. Like I had to Google the movies that came out each year to be like, did I even oh, see any of these? Oh, that's nope. smart. Because I also missed several years of this decade. But we'll get into that. Um, but for right now, we're going to talk about uh, the new adaptation of Little Women, uh, originally a novel penned by Louisa May Alcott which was adapted in the, I want to say there was a version in the 50s. Yeah, I feel like there's been a lot of movie versions And of then it. there was the iconic 1994 version starring Winona Ryder, uh, which we have done on this very show. We covered it two years ago, I feel like. Maybe less than that, but not, I don't know. How long have we been doing this? When I made the list, I was like, when did we start this (laughs) podcast? Well, I actually (laughs) went back and listened to last year's, like, year in review thing. And we said that at the end of last year, it was our first full year of doing the podcast. Right, so like two years ago, right? Yeah. That was my guess. Mm -hmm. I wrote that we started this in 2017. Is that right? That sounds right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But yeah, the new version, uh, written and directed by Greta Gerwig. That's not her name. Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. Yes, and uh, starring Saoirse Ronan and Florence Pugh. Do you know the only reason I can say her name is because of Paul F. Tompkins? Oh really? Because I have like, because her name's spelled real crazy, and I'm yeah. American. What am I gonna do about it? So Gaelic okay, like names are. But out of for some reason, on 
I'm sure it was on a comedy bang bang best of. He kept saying her, the correct pronunciation of her name over uh-huh. and over again. So now I know how to say it. Thanks, Paul F. Also, I read a thing that was like the 200 best comedy moments of the 2010s. And one of them was just Paul F. Tompkins' voice, which oh. I wholeheartedly agree with. Yeah. Continue talking about this. Don't remember what you I was were saying. naming naming um, people who's in the movie. In uh, Laura Dern is in it. Meryl uh, Streep is in it. Meryl Streep is in it. Oh, Timothy Hermione is in, is in it. Emma Roberts Watson. That sounds Emma, right. Yeah, Emma Roberts is one. American Horror Story. My mm-hmm. bad. I swear I know they're different people. Definitely they're different people. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob Odenkirk is weirdly Bob in it. Bob Odenkirk <laughs> is weirdly in it. That's, that's right. I mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's. Did we name everyone? I don't know. I was just. I am. Oh, some people it. who I never heard of before yeah. were in it. Who were very I really good. liked the actress that they cast as Beth. I thought she did a great job. She really like rounded Beth out to be more of a like real. Well, I think all of the characters are so much more well-rounded real people Agreed. in this version. And also, I think they did the worst job at Beth, though. Interesting. Why? Uh... I mean, I, I think it's part, I think it's always going to be a best struggle when you mm-hmm. put her uh, with everybody else because right. she's supposed to be quiet and reserved mm-hmm. and it takes um, like a really, for lack of a smarter word, like a really shiny actress to be like quiet and reserved and still like exist on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, amongst all that other energy, which not that the oh my god, what's the who's the actress who played her? Do you know her name? In this one, I looked it up this morning and I can't. Eliza remember. Scanlon. Yeah, so not that she doesn't do a good job, but um, I don't know. I was thinking about like in my brain, I can't help but compare them all to like mm-hmm. who played them in the other one. Yeah, and like Claire I Dance and her ugly crying. Yeah, I just like to. But but I just also don't know if that's because I have an attachment to Claire Danes because I've seen her in so many things mm-hmm. and saw her and stuff growing up and whatever. So, like, she stands out more to me on a screen, even when she's being Beth. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you that they did a better job with with Beth and with all the characters. Mm-hmm. But it did make me. I hate. I'm gonna start off just criticizing it, even though. But it's because there was only like two things that I didn't like about it. <laughs> like everything else about it was like perfect and amazing and wonderful. So whatever. Um, but it, it made me nuts that Beth was like 25. Not Beth. That Amy was like 25 years old the whole time. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> Greg I mean, Gerwig's she, not. She doesn't have Scorsese well, money. She can't use like, well, the my, aging machine. No, but like I, th- I thought they did such a good job on the older one of having like a really wonderful young mm-hmm. actress play young Amy. Yeah. We could have got our new Kristen Dunst out of this. Yeah. Um, and then they changed her. But she then was it older, would be less Florence Pugh. Well. I, I she's wonderful. A, I, yeah, sure. But, like, Amy's not 25 years old for the entire movie. She's supposed yeah. to be, like, 12. Yeah, no, I know. Um, uh, but and then they didn't... put her next to other kids who were, yeah. who were 12. That was the only time that it bothered me where I was like, I'm having a, a hard time suspending um, my disbelief Because she, here. I mean, she looks older than every, uh, she looks the old like the oldest yeah. of the sisters. Yeah. Um, uh, but what was I going to say? Oh, my guess for at least part of why that choice was made is because it wasn't told chronologically mm-hmm. and would have maybe been confusing to so rapidly be going back and mm-hmm. forth from the past 
to the present yeah. with two different totally different actresses because like there's only so much you can do about actually making them look like they're the same person yeah so that was my guess on why they were like eh, whatever just use the same yeah. actress the whole time no i mean i it was like a little hard at first and then i was just kind of like i don't care i'm having too much fun yeah the other thing that made me crazy was bob odenkirk yeah that also made it a little hard for me to suspend my disbelief i I've think just, i actually yelled like what i've just never like it's not it was fine he was fine he did a good job mm-hmm. that actually has nothing to do with it it's just that like i've never seen him do something that wasn't not that like better call saul is not funny it's actually really serious mm-hmm. but saul is he's a she's a bad guy you know like mm-hmm. so i've never seen bob and odenkirk also, be like, so genuine which yeah. was like i was like That's i hard. don't believe you i don't know especially with that hat on it, like when because he shows up in his like military uniform dressed as a yeah. Union soldier and it's just like why like which is funny because there are so many recognizable faces in this but he's the only one that i'm like <laughs> why is bob odenkirk dressed like that yeah. <laughs> it's true uh but hilarious choice yeah i'm not yeah it's it's memorable he was fine it's not like such a huge part that it like really matters yeah i mean he's barely in the movie he's barely like that character is barely in any of the versions which i I appreciate yeah i mean most of the men are besides laurie are like very kept on the outskirts which Mm -hmm. i thought in this one they did such a good job of having shots of just men looking at women, women doing who things. are essentially just like squawking at each other which is exactly what it's really like yeah. um but they but you know they did it in a way that the men weren't it's the men weren't necessarily like judging the women yeah, in any way like, they these, were just no yeah these ladies <laughs> over here they're squawking um oh here they go again yeah they were just kind of in they awe were just looking. Of, yeah, yeah they were just like huh would you look at that <laughs> there's literally nothing i can do in this situation yeah yeah well and with laurie he's jealous of it yeah um but actually in the 1994 version i think it's yeah it's like after beth dies and somebody says like something like the whole family is like in the living room together and somebody says like I miss her so much or something and like everyone starts crying the father just like silently walks out of the room oh I don't remember that (laughs) yeah Yeah. oh my gosh I started crying three minutes into this one when I remembered that Beth was going to die (laughs) I started crying like the opening frames because she's like standing there like trying to psych herself up to like go in and die and then I just didn't stop crying. Yeah, I mean, I cried for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. This was the only movie I've ever seen besides Titanic where I could hear other people crying in the movie theater, like, <laughs> well, many times. I didn't hear anyone else crying. I heard so many people crying. I was very crying. self-conscious. Good. And then at the end of the movie, people clapped. Oh, I, I can't, love it when that happens. I can't tell you the last time I experienced that either. Uh, the closest thing I've experienced to that recently is when I went to see Bombshell and the opening credits, or not the credits, the trailers went on for so long past the start time of the movie that people actually clapped once it finally did start. Oh, that's too many trailers. Way too many. It was like 25 minutes. Ew. Yeah. This one, the one I went to yesterday was like half of that, and it was too many. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think we, did we talk too much about Little Women No, already? I think that was enough so that we like aren't going to talk about it forever but I do want to just document here that when I got here I like immediately needed to talk about one of the 
items of clothing that they wore a lot in the movie, which was like this like X shaped like sweater. It's like a wrap thing sweater thing that I've never seen before. I I've definitely seen it because I've been to a lot of Civil War museums and okay. other like historical places with historical garments and I think that like style sweater type thing is is just so much easier to knit so it's like a utilitarian thing because I we tried uh with a few different things that I currently own when I brought it up Kara said wait I'll be right back and she brought in a couple of things that she was like I think you could make it out of this because I was thinking about it through the entire movie um but I think what it is is like a knitted wide panel that goes on your back and then has like two longer thinner scarf like pieces oh you all think one the back piece. is all one thing mm-hmm. it's all one piece and then it splits out into these two scarf type pieces that cross in the front and, you and just then sew tie it to in the, the back oh it ties, it ties in the back oh yeah. That makes me like it less. Mm-hmm. But we tried it with an infinity scarf, it which almost it didn't worked. work. Almost. No, it just wasn't long enough. And then we also tried it with a blanket scarf, which was also not quite long enough. You'll never but... see it because she wouldn't let me take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've been looking for an excuse to, to start knitting again. So You should knit one. I'm definitely going to make one. Yeah. 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 Um, the costumes in, in it were just wonderful and perfect they were i don't even like like i hate period pieces and Mm -hmm. i think part of it is like all the froofy fun stuff it's not fun i don't it's not fun to me i don't know why i couldn't tell you why Mm -hmm. it does not appeal to me really i i i get it like i can see that it's beautiful it's just i don't care it like i don't know it's not what my eyes want to look at but this was it's the color palette, I mm-hmm. think, that usually shows up when you're looking at something like that or you're or watching something like that. And this color palette was actually really different hmm. in some ways. Interesting. I'm not sure if I agree with that, but okay. Because right. <laughs> it's like you don't, with the exception of like something like um, The Favorite, which like very deliberately... Yeah, see, that one I liked looking at. Yeah, deviated <laughs> from, like, what would have been a color palette at the time. Like, there's not, like, a lot of options, like, the dyes that were available. And, like, particularly for these people at this, like, economic spot. I don't know. I, I'm getting off into the weeds here. We said we weren't going to talk about Little Women for too long. No. Um, I don't know where to start with this next part, though. Well, you were, like... It was your idea, and you were like, I wrote down all the things from the decade. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll do it too. Oh, stuff that we did. Kind of uh, what some people might call accomplishments. Yeah. Well, but not all of mine are accomplishments. What? I didn't. Not all of mine are accomplishments. Well, that's why I said what some people might call it, like, because I didn't want it to she's be doing like. Air quotes. I can see her and tell you that she's doing air quotes. Air quotes. Um,. I didn't want it to like to like pigeonhole ourselves into capital A accomplishments because I know that like <laughs> we live a different kind we both live a different kind of life like from capital A accomplishments. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Uh, but capital yeah. A, you've taken away the quotes and now there's a capital letter. That's I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Well, because it's hard for me to think about this kind of stuff because it's like, what am I proud of? Like, what did I do? And like, my initial thought, it's always like, well, I am alive, which is like, I mean, that's a good one. Yeah. You know, like, I'm alive. I've survived all the things that I've survived. Like, isn't that enough? Which, of course, it absolutely is. But then, like, once I started, like, writing things down, things that I did in the last 10 years or whatever, I was like, oh, there's all of this stuff that I did do that I am actually pretty proud of. Yeah. That isn't necessarily, like, you know, earning a medical degree or something. No, because, you know... That's just how, like, society values accomplishments or whatever. It's hard to say. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, you know, there's more to life than that. And especially when, like, in my case, I was dealing with a lot of illness over the last 10 years. Like, my... What I've managed to accomplish is a little different than, you know what I would have if I otherwise was not, I guess. Yeah. My list just made me panic that what if I just keep changing my life dramatically every five years for the rest of my life? Yeah. (laughs) And then never build anything and die alone. (sighs) Not that nothing good happened. (laughs) It is a list of mostly good things, Mm -hmm. but I was like, oh no, what if there's a pattern here? Yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot with regard to my career (laughs) and the fact that I don't have one because I've done all of these weird, different, unrelated things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our careers crossed paths briefly during this decade. They did. And one of the things that I think is actually a huge accomplishment for me is that when I started this decade, I was working in a job that I hated that also kind of happened to be a cult um which like people joke about apple stores being cults uh but it's not a joke really (laughs) yeah um you know like it's a really toxic workplace and like so many of the uh kind of like red flags that are in literature about you know brainwashing and cults and stuff are like purposefully employed by um the forces that be there uh do you think that's probably true about a lot of gigantic companies right yeah but like the thing about apple is that there's this whole kind of like ideological component to it that like like i mean it is less so than it used to be because like the charismatic leader is dead (laughs) yeah yeah. Um, which when he died, and they it had was... nobody to put his place. No, was... I mean, I mean, Tim Cook, I'm sure, is fine, but like, obviously, is not is like a very different uh, type of person and type of leader. But um, when Steve Jobs died, they shut down all of the Apple stores in the world for two hours and live streamed his memorial service from headquarters where Nora Jones and Coldplay played a concert it was so weird. one of the that weirdest sounds things. like an episode of Silicon Valley yeah oh yeah I mean I can't watch that show because it's like between my experiences there and some of the other tech companies I've worked it, at I'm like it's Ugh. like why I can't watch that other show that everyone keeps telling me is really good on HBO Succession yeah I can't watch that <laughs> for the same reason yeah it's just like I've known I've had to work for people that were too much like that. Yeah. And then I'm like, no, thank you. It's too real. Just like. Yeah. But like people had, 
a really hard time like getting out of their jobs at the Apple store. Um, partially because they like kind of, well, partially because it was the recession, but even after that started to improve because they kind of have you brainwashed that like nothing's ever going to, no one wants you and nothing's ever going to be as good as this. Um, so I'm, I mean, I, I'm just like not the type of person to, to, to believe in things. So I never was like fully drinking the Kool-Aid, but it still was like really hard to leave. And also like you're leaving behind a huge, what you think of as a support system and in some ways is, but is also like not necessarily healthy. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is I escaped from this cult slash job with your help. Yay. Yeah. It was just to go work for another not great <laughs> Not great situation, situation but, you know, but it was a different situation. you just situation. have to get out. That, that's all, yeah. And I, I uh, told many people who are still there, who were still there, that, like, it doesn't matter what you do next, just get out just of here and figure yeah. it out. Yeah. I feel like, if we're, I'm talking about the present now, but I feel mm-hmm. like that's what I'm doing right this second. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just get out, do literally anything else. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's a good idea or a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. So we got out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Do you want to like, I feel like that was a good overview mm-hmm. of your decade. Oh, not at all. No, I mean like an <laughs> intro overview. Yeah. Not, I didn't. Yes. No, of course it's not an entire. So that was 2012. Well, uh, <laughs> you, well, well I was going to say, do you want to like do it by year? You could I do like know. year highlights. Or it's hard to say you know, because category highlights. Oh, category highlights are interesting. Like work, yeah, like work, uh, hobbies, um, like social. I don't know what are the other categories. What is life? I don't know how to be a real human anymore. That's part of the reason I just had to get out of the situation I was in. <laughs> work, hobbies, social, personal. Okay, can I take a moment to sort these? How are you, what is personal? I don't know. Um, well, okay, one of these things is that I became an aunt. Okay, well that's, that's a family. Thing. Can family. Is family a category? Can it not be? No, okay, well then I need to define personal better. Well, personal would include like family uh, more blanket terms okay, to okay, include okay. Fl- family, like romantic relationships, okay. if that's, you know, a thing for you, um, friendships, etc. And what's social? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is therapy a category? <laughs> it should be. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to break this up. I know. We should have done this beforehand. <laughs> My biggest question that I had for myself while I was writing these things down, I think I said this before we were recording and not after. Tell me if I'm repeating myself mm-hmm. during the record. The record. Um, I was like writing things down by year and being kind of like, why is this what I'm remembering? Like, mm-hmm. I want to ask someone who was there for that year and be like, <laughs> what else happened? It's like, I know. Because I bet there's so much stuff that I've just like straight up blocked out mm-hmm. because it was either horrible or like difficult or like, I don't know. I just forgot. Yeah. Yeah. I have a hard time with remembering anything. 
and I like I went through periods definitely of writing things down but not in a way that's organized enough that I could be like oh let me just look back at my journal from that time I have like 10 journals and like google docs and like everything is just everywhere I have never managed to keep a journal for more than like two pages I'm amazed by anyone who does so the one that I have now that I'm showing Kara this is a notebook that someone got me for Christmas last year and I've used it to write down almost anything that I've needed to write down on paper this year has Mm -hmm. gone into this notebook so it's just like a really weird mix of like work and lists but also I'm like oh I have to journal right now Um, which I actually kind of think for me is turned out to be the best way to do it and just I'm gonna write until it's full and then I'm gonna start a new one and it's just like so much of it is just shit that doesn't matter at Mm -hmm. all but a lot of it is like oh it, it ends up being a pretty good documentation of the year, though, because I have, like, podcast notes and work notes and mm. life notes, and that re- it really is, like, everything, mm-hmm. even though I would never want to save, like, you know, my lesson plan from my class <laughs> six months ago or whatever. Well, why not? I mean, you may want to, like, be like, what did I do for that one class? Well, I would never have find it again <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of notebooks that are uh, sketchbooks that kind of function in that way. But they're mostly just, like, literal scribbling. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm no closer to, to figuring this out. I was just going to maybe go down a list, but I don't know if that really works. Um, because, like, even I was thinking, like, maybe, like, career, hobbies, personal. But then I was thinking, like... I mean, for me, anyway, like, health would be a category, but then, like, that's so inextricable from, like, the career category. Yeah, you can't really, yeah. Well, just, how did you make your original list? I just wrote down a bunch of things. Without dates or anything, though? You were just, like, stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, I don't know, then that's how you want to present it. (laughs) That's That's how your brain dealt with it. That's just always how my brain deals with things. It's like, let's make a list! But my brain is like, let's make a list. list. And mine had to like, had to have some kind of order to it. Like it has like years and bullet points and titles and it's dated. Yeah. Mine's not even chronological. I just was like writing them down as they came to me. Um, Do you want to like, I'll do one and you'll do one. Okay. Okay. I did the one. Oh, okay. You can do the one. Um, I'm going to do mine, I guess, in order. Okay. Because... Okay, how many do you feel like you have? See, I'm trying to structure it again. (laughs) I'm trying to bullet point this. One, which I already did. Two, three, four, five, six. Some of these are connected, though, so I would talk about them in a group. You can put them together, yeah. Uh, Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Okay, then I have ten lists because I did it by year okay (laughs) so but each list has like a few things so maybe maybe I'll lump some together but not other ones together or maybe you'll lump some together so you won't have 17 yeah I definitely will lump some together because they're like linked okay well I guess I'll just start with 2010 okay at the beginning of 2010 I was still living in New Jersey with my mom in April I moved to Brooklyn which was like the first time I moved out of my house not to go to a different college Mm -hmm. (laughs) I went to a lot of colleges I don't know if we've talked about that on this podcast I don't know (sighs) yeah I went to four colleges yeah um which was why I thought that you also lived in Philadelphia for a time but you didn't no I lived in Worcester um and then just New Jersey um 
So, um, and so then I moved to Brooklyn with two essentially strangers that I knew from my internship at The Onion, and uh, I'm going to stay with one of them <laughs> in Michigan next week. So it worked out pretty great. I saw one of them two weeks ago. <laughs> We're still friends. Worked out really great. Nice. Built-in group of friends. Um, although it was, I will say, like, difficult and... Like, the more I live with people who I really like as friends, the more I'm like, maybe you shouldn't live with people who you really like as friends. <laughs> Unless you're, like, purposefully trying to, like, build some kind of, like, life together. Mm-hmm. I'm also actually very open to that <laughs> idea, although I've never done that with a friend. Yeah. Um, I've found that sometimes it causes, for me anyway, like, just a lot more conflict than is necessary in a friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, because it's more than a friendship, then. Yeah, yeah. And definitely, like, in my younger 20s, I was, like, so horrible at navigating that. And I feel like I made a lot of mistakes with, like, these um, friends that I'm like, ooh, I was bad at that when I yeah. look back on it, which is, like, icky. But it's okay, because you're still friends. Yeah, I mean, obviously, none of us have all that against each other. Um, so, I moved to Brooklyn with two strangers who uh, became friends, and I got, like, a whole group of friends from that that really were, like, was the group of people that kept me afloat while I was in New York. Um, I started flying trapeze because Sasha's a genius. She bought me a class and we were like oh my god yeah it was like a groupon wasn't it no she so the way that sasha buys gifts for people i actually don't know if she still does this but the way she used to do it was if she wanted to do something that she thought a person a friend of hers would like she would just buy the thing and you would do it together oh that's cool it was great yeah um so that's she wanted to fly and was like you would love this and she was obviously right (laughs) and so that's why we started derailed your entire life yeah literally derailed my entire life um so that's when that started (laughs) but it took me you know we'll get to later in the list it took a while yeah um but i did it like pretty much immediately like start doing that and like some other things like a lot like Mm -hmm. that came back into my life which was obviously a big deal um I met a I met a person that I started dating in 2010 which was a good it was like he's probably still the only person I ever dated who was like actually nice to me Mm um I don't it wasn't like a good fit but it was it was a good thing. It got me mm-hmm. out of something that I was doing that was very bad for me. Mm-hmm. And also introduced me to the idea of like... To the poli- concept of, of someone being nice to no, you. No, I mean, yes. <laughs> Which is still very difficult for me, actually. Yeah. Um, but it also um, introduced me to the idea of like polyamory and open relationships, mm-hmm. which is not something I had ever like really heard of or dealt with before. And like, I think that was a good thing. I was, I'm glad that happened. So that was 2010. Cool. It was a good, yeah. It was a good turn of the decade, I guess. I, in 2000, well, I had, I graduated in 2009. So 2010 was like the first year that I was like on my own. Um, Because immediately after I graduated, my parents sold their house and moved to Pennsylvania. And it was like, either I can quit my job and move out there with them and probably not get a job because the financial crisis or I could get an apartment and try and figure out how to be a human and keep working um so surviving 2010 at all I feel like is quite an accomplishment yeah because 2009 was uh 
particularly catastrophic year for me. Like I graduated, I lost a lot of people, including my dad, like who dropped dead in 2009. So like 2010 that I survived it all was an accomplishment. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but that was, that's not really, <laughs> I had said that that's not what I want to do with this list. So I'll pick something else, which is that the following year in 2011, I quit smoking and also drinking, but I also feel like I can't take like a huge amount of credit for this. Cause I'm fortunate in that my neurology just allowed me to be like, I'm just not going to do this anymore. And then I just didn't. Well, you but know. you still did it. <laughs> yeah. But it's like so much harder for most yes, other people. Definitely. So I, d- I also feel like I can't entirely take credit for yeah. it. But anyway, what was your 2011? 2011, I quit the job that I had been working, which was like everything else just like not a good fit for me because what did I even know about anything I was just like doing stuff that seemed like it was the right thing um but it was also like really terrible for me because it was I was like a freelance essentially a freelancer even though I wasn't um but they would shift my schedule like mm. constantly and so sometimes I would be during like the day literally physically unhealthy it is for you well to be and it was that. a 24-hour newsroom so Ugh. I would also be there overnight so yeah. I spent like a lot of that year of 2010 the year before just be like I figured out how to be like how do I get really sleepy right now because <laughs> <laughs> I would have to change when I was sleeping yeah all the time yeah so that was a weird that was weird um so uh, in 2011, I left that job and started the job that we eventually worked at together, mm-hmm. which was a really good shift for me. And honestly, I still use so much stuff that I learned at that job, like as a f- person who's trying to like start my own business now, mm-hmm. like almost everything I know how to do is because I had to do that job. Mm-hmm. And it was like a miserable, horrible, degrading experience for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. But there were also a lot of things w- that were really yeah good about it that was the first time I found out that you could like be like that was when I found out what a consultant was yeah like what but which is so upsetting to find out what a consultant (laughs) is also yeah like no but I mean like to to like actually make a career out of like kind of being your self like the person that we were working for Yeah. yeah Um, just doing what you do and not necessarily like working at a specific Yeah, place. I mean, I don't think being a consultant is ne- necessarily always an ex- upsetting no. thing, but yeah. in this particular case, it often Yeah. Was. Also, that was <laughs> when we learned about how uh, taxes suck when you are yeah. paid as a contractor. Oh, uh, I have to tell you a story about that not on this podcast. Okay. I'm going to try not to. I don't like to record. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think you things. have told me that I'm story. sure I have, but it's like, it's one of my proudest things mm-hmm. that I've ever done yeah which is very petty <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it this summer when uh I had done uh some freelancing for oh, someone yeah. who wasn't paying me mm-hmm. yeah anyway uh yeah so okay so I switched jobs which was great and also interesting um, and I broke my leg in 2011 oh yeah which was the first time that I ever like it ever occurred to me that like you can get injured doing sports because <laughs> I just never did I never you're did. lucky yeah like yeah I was really lucky when I was a kid when I went back to it as an adult it took several months for me to hurt myself um and, now and it I'm, wasn't even did you do that during sports or was it like a slip on no the ice I didn't know it was sports I was oh, okay. I was tumbling okay I like I did a trick 
where you land on one leg and like it was a little bit short so you know I hyperextended my knee um Mm -hmm. with a lot of force on my knee and I heard it and felt it and I looked around and I was like did everyone else hear that too and they're like yeah and I was like oh man no (laughs) and I got to what I got to ride in an ambulance oh how much did that cost (laughs) I have no idea I had health insurance though oh nice um I was still young enough to be on my parents health Mm -hmm. insurance so Mm -hmm. who cares um uh and the people in the ambulance were like wow you're spectacularly upbeat (laughs) and I was like I mean adrenaline was like I never felt it once um but I was like no I think that's who I am in this situation like this this is yep yeah I uh have an unfortunate habit of cackling and laughing hysterically when I get injured yeah which is very off-putting to other people (laughs) yeah and I think that's like I don't know depends on the person but I don't think that's like super uncommon yeah so that's really all I wrote for 2011. I can't remember what else I did then. Yeah, that's a lot. I did a lot of karaoke during this time. I didn't write that down, but that was like actually a big thing in my life for a while. That was really important mm-hmm. socially. Yeah, and therapeutic too, probably. Yeah. I think singing is good for you. Especially singing loudly and off key. Yeah, I miss <laughs> it. I miss it a lot. Um, so this is where things start to get a little easy for me. Okay. Uh, because, yeah, in 2012, I left Apple and only worked with you for a few months and then had a family emergency and had to leave. Uh, and then my life just disappears into a cloud for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what happened. Yeah. Um, and then I got really sick and then that was a whole thing for a few years. So that whole like middle chunk of the decade is just full of like a lot of non-memory for me but then also just memories of like waiting rooms and doctor's Mm, appointments and diagnostic testing and like yada 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 you know what was your 2012 like (laughs) 2012 (laughs) um I went to Asia, which was really cool. Where in Asia did you go? I went to Malaysia. Oh, I remember you planning this trip. Really? (laughs) Was it? I guess you were still working for me. Yeah. Um, We went to a wedding of the person that I was dating at the time. One of his coworkers Mm -hmm. got married in Malaysia because she was Indian and her... The, the guy she was marrying was also Indian, but, like, something about where their families were, mm-hmm. it was, like, they decided this is where their, they decided to have their wedding in Malaysia because it was just, like, easy for people, the easiest for people to get there or something. Um, and so we went, there's a turtle, we are watching, we we spent a lot of time before we recorded deciding <laughs> what to put on in the background on the television, um, and we chose an underwater video on youtube of like tropical fish and shit and i was like there's gonna be a turtle eventually and the turtle just came <laughs> um, <laughs> but we specifically didn't wind up watching several other underwater stuff because it wouldn't have a turtle <laughs> yeah well it looked like it was gonna be not as exciting yeah um uh oh yeah so we went to this wedding which was insane definitely actually one of the coolest things i've ever been to it was like multiple days at this mm-hmm. like island that was just a resort like there was like so much food so much dancing so many parties it was like whoa it was nuts um 
And we also went to Cambodia. Mm-hmm. And that was also a really cool adventure. Um, I haven't tried. I used to be good at traveling before when because like for a while I was like I'm gonna be a normal person and like have a job where I make money and I'll go on vacation and, <laughs> and like spend it <laughs> and now I just spend all I mean now I barely make any money yeah. but now, like I, it all goes to circus like that's not like going far to far away places is not really a thing anymore I assume maybe it will be again one day but I don't know so I did that and that was cool um I quit the job that we used to work at together and was unemployed for a while (laughs) like not like like probably like less than half the year but like it was cool I um started interning um at this place that was making a documentary about this crazy dance woman and that was where and I had knew some of the dancers who were in it because of like where I trained and stuff Mm -hmm. And so that was the moment when I was working on that documentary, that was the moment where I was like, oh, I don't want to be making this. I want to be one of those people doing that. Oh, cool. It like was really showed me that yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> um, oh that's important. It was. And I started coaching again then because I needed work. Um, and that, I mean, that's what I do now. So like that was a big deal, I guess, to go back to that. Mm hmm. Um, although at the time it just like felt like a thing that I was doing because I needed money and it was like it was always easy to get a job coaching even it's a sucky job and you doesn't pay much but I can get the job mm-hmm. you know um, and then I started working at this TV show that was terrible but a very easy job and a lot of my friends worked there <laughs> and like paid so well for oh. what I was doing yeah but I also it like I mean with all these jobs that I'm talking about besides coaching it's like I hated them like mm-hmm. I was miserably unhappy because yeah. I just like now I know it's because like that is not what I want to do well it's important and I've also done this quite a bit to gather data about what you don't want I mean sometimes that's all you can do yeah is just do something and be like oh never mind well it's definitely <laughs> not it yeah yeah I did that a lot and I still, like, struggle, I think, with a lot of the same feelings that I had during those jobs because they're more related overall to, like, the concept of working at all. Yes. We were just um, talking about this a couple weeks ago, yeah. I feel like, right? Yeah. This is exactly what I've been struggling with. Yeah. And yeah. and and also, like, my own issues that I have with, mm-hmm. like, interacting with people and feeling like I belong to a group and, like, being able to say what I actually think in front of a group, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that stuff, it's not like that went away right but when you're also doing the wrong thing you know yeah well you need like a certain number of things to be right well yeah yeah I think that's a good way to look at it because I think for some people they're like I don't know I just want to make money and so they can do whatever to make money Mm -hmm. and they don't really care yeah but I care yeah like you either like I need at least two out of three things which is like I need to be making money or really doing something that I love or um I'm sure there's a third thing (laughs) I'm not sure what it is we both got distracted by a little crab thing on the TV I think it might have been a shrimp of some sort probably yeah um you know and so like in my current job it's like I kind of like what I'm doing but I'm really not making enough money and also I'm struggling oh okay so doing something I love making enough money and or 
working with great people. And I yeah. am working with great people, but I'm struggling with the leadership. So it's like I all three of those things are not quite there. But if like two of them were, it's like, much I'd be easier okay. to yeah, yeah to be like oh, I don't need the third thing. It's okay, right? Yeah. But I've also gathered a lot of data about what I don't want to be doing or don't want in my life. While you were talking, though, I did remember something I did in 2012. Mm-hmm. Very briefly, I went and woofed on a farm oh, for like two days. Where? Two two days. <laughs> it turns out I'm not cut out for farm work, <laughs> physically speaking, which is unfortunate because I would love to be a farmer. Um, but yeah, no, it was out on the end, the east end of Long Island at a place called, I don't remember what it was called, but it was on Shelter Island, which is like a little island between the two forks mm-hmm. of Long Island. What kind of farm was it? It was like an organic educational farm. Okay. Yeah. It was cool. I just, everything hurt and I was dying. Yeah. I feel like you need to own a farm with someone for your Mm -hmm. life in general. Well, I mean, one of the... Or have a large garden with someone. Yeah. One of the few things that I figured out is that I do really want to work with plants, but I can't figure out how to make a career out of it because it's also physical. If someone would like to co-own a large garden situation with Kara, get at us. Please. I would also be down for any sort of, like, aquaculture situation, you know, do some hydroponics, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know, just get someone else to do all the heavy lifting. (laughs) You could get very rich, and then you could hire people for that. Well, I've been trying so that I could get (laughs) very rich and just do whatever, slash mostly nothing, and, you know, it has not been working out because I can't figure out what to do. It's so hard. It's It's so so hard. hard. Yeah. Um... 2013 was the year that things really went off the rails mm-hmm. for me <laughs> because I had what was supposed – routine is not the right word because it's not routine to, like, stick a catheter into people's hearts, but, like, a relatively routine, relatively safe procedure um, to fix a cardiac arrhythmia that I had that resulted in – we're not sure exactly because there's no way to really uh, confirm this or test this. But based on the data that I've gathered since, I probably sustained some nerve damage to my vagus nerve, which uh, is important. <laughs> it's an important piece of your autonomic nervous system. So when that happened, I like woke up and was like 20 times more disabled than I had ever been before. And no one could tell me why or what was happening or whether I was dying. Eventually they were like, well, you're definitely not dying, but this happens sometimes and we don't know why. Um, so that was real bad. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I have healed a lot since and I've recovered a lot since, but I'm still... I still have maybe maybe 60% of the capacity that I did before that, um, which sucks because I'll never be able to work full time again or like whatever. It's It feels at this point like a miracle that I can work at all because I was so sick for so long. Um, but that really fucking sucked. Uh, but it did. It was also the catalyst for me to be like, okay, fuck you guys. <laughs> like you're never gonna figure out. Like, like this has been like a lifelong issue for me that like something's clearly wrong and no one can tell me what it is. And now things are a lot worse and I need to know why. So I figured it out and did a lot of research and finally got myself figured out 
the diagnoses, got myself to doctors who would know what they were looking at if that was the case and they were able to confirm it. And I'm really fucking proud of that. That's awesome. Yes, I solved it. It sucks that that's what you had to do. 20 year old mystery. But that's great that you were able to do that. Yeah. And I was so lucky that I had the resources to be able to do that, that I had the health insurance to see those doctors, that I had, you know, the I, just having taken like four years of Latin in high school came in really handy because I was able to like decipher the words so much more easily. Um, you know, not everyone could do that. And frankly, no one should have to do that. No. But I was able to and I'm proud of that. Good job. Thank you. My 2013 wasn't nearly as important as that. <laughs> um, but I quit my job, or I quit I quit working in media like altogether. Mm-hmm. Like I, when I was working in TV, you like you're on a show and it goes on hiatus, and then you're like, they're like, we'll call you if and when we're coming back, <laughs> and you're like, okay, and then everyone goes and collects unemployment, yeah. or maybe they find another job. With us, we almost always, like, assumed the show was coming back, so we would just, like, collect unemployment for a month and be like, cool, got my call, go back. Mm-hmm. Um, but during one of the breaks, I started coaching, like, full-time, like, gym- I was coaching gymnastics at this point, but I started doing it full-time, like, during a summer, during that summer, I think, and when they called me and offered me my job back, I was like, uh, you know what? No, I'm not gonna. (laughs) No, thank you. Nope. (laughs) Um, and so then I started coaching full time then, which was awful. Do not recommend. (laughs) Or like it, what, like I love coaching and I do it now. Like that is what I'm doing for my life now. I was coaching seven days a week just to make enough money to live. Mm -hmm. And it was awful. Um, uh, and I got like super injured doing it too. Cause there was just like never a break. And I wasn't like, well, I also wasn't like well trained as a coach. Mm-hmm. I was like, just a person who however, used to do it. I knew how yeah. and, like not taking care of myself and not, it was just so much I didn't know. And there's no support system mm-hmm. for that when you're young and yeah. it, whatever. So it was good. And, but also that's like when I really started to break my body, like a lot, it was when my like shoulder tear got diagnosed. I like destroyed my wrists. I destroyed really both shoulders. Um, but it was like a huge shift. And like, I was with people who I actually mostly liked working with and it's like still feel like I learned a lot from, um yeah you can like even if a job is absolutely horrendous like there's you can learn so much anywhere and I try to like always have those goggles on even when I'm miserable yeah I also became single for the first time like pretty much ever or you know since I was like in a I started dating I was like 15 or something Mm -hmm. and that was the first time that I was single and I'm still single from that (laughs) Which was, like, mostly on purpose. Mm -hmm. At this point, it's not really on purpose anymore. Um, But for the first, like, few years, it was like, oh, no, 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 I need to be alone. Mm -hmm. Like, it was insane the amount of, like, unhealthy time I was spending, like, in relationships. And, like, that was crazy. Like, I was, that was, it was a good choice for me. Mm. Um, And that year, my grandma died which was sad, but she was old and 
um, it's funny. I've been thinking, I like didn't think about it for a long time, but like I've been thinking about her a lot lately, which is like different for me. Um, like I have friends who still have grandparents. That's wild. Which is crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Like my roommate was talking to her grandma on the phone the other day, and I was like, "Wait, what?" So, so yeah, but she passed, and she left me enough money to do the thing that I did the next year. And that was, like, really useful and important that mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah. That's... And I think she would be, I think she would be, like, I don't, my family doesn't always have the easiest time supporting what I do <laughs> and, like, the path that I've taken. Mm-hmm. But I think that she actually would have and would be really proud. Mm-hmm. So I feel good about, well, we'll get there. That's next year. Okay. Cool. What year are we at? <laughs> oh, we're at 2014 we're up to now. 2014. You don't have to keep yearing your Yeah, but it's... write it this way. Uh, but I feel like this is helpful. Okay. Um, just to give us some level of structure. Uh, but 20, if 2014 was a total loss for me. <laughs> um, well, not a total... Well, because, like, the, by the time I actually got in front of those doctors that were able to diagnose me accurately, uh, it had become 2014. So um, I got one diagnosis, one important diagnosis in January, another important one in like June, and then like the big one in August. And so it was just a lot of uh, the whole year just going to doctors and having a lot of blood taken and being in weird machines and you know the fun stuff Mm, it's (laughs) progress though major un like unprecedented progress yeah Yeah. okay so that's like a big year for you Mm -hmm. but it feels like a total loss because that was all that happened like it was yeah as far there was nothing else going on doing the life the way you're supposed to yeah i was somehow still working and i I used to see me doing air quotes quotes again um because i was working in a job i had actually just gotten the job before i had that procedure um and it was it was just a weird job and that didn't require a lot of me so I was able to stay there for much longer than I otherwise would have if I needed to like actually do stuff um but yeah that was all I had going on well my in my 2014 I applied to circus school yeah (laughs) I got into circus school and I and I feel like the only reason I felt okay about doing that is like well I knew I couldn't keep doing what I was doing for sure because uh, I knew I wanted to do a certain level of training that I couldn't afford to do if I was going to keep living in the city Yeah. Um, working except because when you work seven days a week that doesn't really leave a lot of time for mm-hmm. stuff you want to do um, and so like I had this money and it wasn't like a crazy amount of money but it was enough for me to be like yeah okay I'm just gonna I'll try yeah <laughs> so I tried and I got in um which is amazing because like, so many people spend their entire lives being so afraid to try anything at all yeah so the fact that well, like you actually like were like oh, let's just do the thing yeah for me like the way that I work in general is like I'll like kind of I mean you can like I can see in this list like I had clearly been thinking about this or something like this for like two or three years Mm -hmm. and I kind of sit on it for long enough until I'm like oh 
I have to yeah, do like, this. It's not is a the choice only option. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and by then it doesn't seem scary because it seems so obvious, obvious. that yeah. that's what I'm going to do that. It's just, I just do it. That's um, nice. I've never had that level of certainty about literally anything. <laughs> I, it doesn't, it doesn't feel, feel like, like certainty. certainty. Yeah, it's no, just I know like, I don't know. This is what I'm doing. Like, yeah. I, you know, um, I don't even want to do it. I have to. It, yeah. That is kind of what it feels like sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I did that, which like looking back on it is actually pretty crazy because like I, you know, I had a background as a gymnast and like luckily retained a lot of that in my brain and in my body. But like I had hardly done circus at all before, Mm -hmm. um, besides flying trapeze and even that I wasn't like so good at and like they didn't even have that at the school I was going to so it was like I don't know just that like any of this worked out at all is like nuts I guess (laughs) um so so I got in and I moved in 2014 I lived in Queens for like two months which was like the only other place I lived in New York besides this one Brooklyn apartment that I shared with those two roommates Mm -hmm. um so that was a weird Oh, that was months. the place by the bakery with the good lobster tails. Yeah, the place in Queens. Uh-huh. We lived across from an Italian bakery that would do their baking every night, and the, they had the best lobster tails in the whole world. I crashed my car trying to eat one of them <laughs> once. <laughs> um, and every night, the smells would waft, and it was amazing. I lived behind the Nabisco factory in Fairlawn for a while. So someone else was just telling me... I don't know if it was the new. Oh no, my sister's roommate lived by like the M and M's factory. Yeah, it was hard because yeah. you'd like get back from the gym and be walking inside yeah. and be like, oh, "Now I really need to eat like an entire loaf of bread." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I moved and started like my whole different life. Mm-hmm. You ran away and joined the circus. Kind of, yeah. I mean, honestly, that's not, like, I'm so down on my, like, circus journey, like, in general, because it's just not what I thought it was going to be in a lot of ways, and I, like, question whether that was, like, my fault, or, I don't know, there's a lot of questions I have about it, and I don't like putting it that way, because I'm like, I don't know, I'm not a working circus artist, I'm a coach, Mm -hmm. and so that makes me feel like a fraud to say, Mm -hmm. like, I ran away and joined the circus or something, because, like, I didn't. But I guess I did. Yeah, <laughs> really. I mean, functionally, you ran away yeah. and joined the circus. <laughs> um, so I was in my first show that year because when you're in school, they stick you in shows. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and it was a disaster. And oh. But it's a show that it's a disaster. Like, it's fine. That's how it's supposed to be. Okay. But I was just like, it really started a period that was like, I was so lost. Mm-hmm. When I was, yeah, for a lot of reasons partially because of like what my skill set is and the school that I was at it wasn't necessarily the best fit partially because when you seem like a competent woman people don't really reach out to help you and I'm really good at like being like I'm fine Mm -hmm. and then if people don't know that you need help they don't you know and I'm really good at keeping the keeping the distance so I I pathologically have like this weird fake confidence yeah exactly (laughs) that I can't turn off yeah even though on the inside I'm like ah yeah yeah so you know it was overall like a good choice that I made I'm glad I made that choice but it's I don't it 
I'm not like, oh my god, it was the best because mm-hmm. actually it sucked for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And also, I was so injured, and it's a place where there really are no pr- medical providers mm-hmm. that can actually help very well. And it took me like a long time of living there to be like, oh no, I'll just drive for two hours to find mm-hmm. the person who can actually help me. Like, I just didn't have maybe necessarily the resources that I wished that I had Mm -hmm. for doing what I was doing and it's maybe taken me like a really long time to actually recover from that and Mm -hmm. feel like I can like go ahead and be Mm -hmm. and then it wasn't your fault like the resources just weren't there yeah yeah I feel like it was my fault or I feel like I mean I feel like everything is my fault all the time yeah but I yeah I feel like because it's like well I should have, I'm like, oh, I should have recognized it. I should have gone somewhere else. I should have done, you know, Mm -hmm. but no, it wasn't my fault. But I met some really cool people. That's the thing is like, no matter how I look back at my time there, I don't Mm -hmm. know if I'm going to go back now or not, but like everyone I met there was like literally a magic person. And so like, I know all these magical people Mm -hmm. and it's not a place that people stay in. Right. So they're scattered all over. I know all these scattered magical people, which is really cool. (laughs) I would, I would, I'm jealous. I would like to have a network of magical people. Yeah. And circus is so small (laughs) that you can often be like, Hey, I'm going to this place. Like, do you know anybody to someone you know really well? And they'll be like, Oh yeah, you can just stay with my friend, whatever. Like, you know, they don't Mm -hmm. care. And it's, it's, generally a really open like really generous type of person Mm -hmm. who finds themselves in the circus scene so it's just a nice community yeah that is nice but also hard so that's the silver lining of that even though Mm -hmm. I was like very miserable but I needed the change too so Mm -hmm. it would have been hard regardless of where you went probably that's true it's a really hard thing mm-hmm. to like just drop everything you're doing move someplace where you don't know anyone at all and do a thing that you have no background in well and like the the like physical training like the constant physical yeah. training and the mental part that goes along with that mm-hmm. is like a very serious thing that I'm really only, like, in the last year have learned how to deal with. Like, Mm -hmm. it definitely was something I wish that I learned earlier. Because, like, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's really crazy. Yeah. So that started that journey, though. Mm Mm-hmm. You have to get there somehow. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, it uh, took all that. Well, and, but also because I went through all that, I feel like I do my best to use that to Mm -hmm. help. Like, I teach the people now who were in the pro it's a slightly different program now but essentially the program that I was in I teach them now right and I try to use what I know and what I went through to help them make choices that I didn't get to make and that don't necessarily go along with the program that they're in honestly (laughs) like yeah but they and they like I know they appreciate it so yeah, I would if I were your student. Yeah. Although, well, I guess it depends on the person. Definitely, yeah. You know, because, like, sometimes you just can't reach people, you know? Yeah. They but need to I, be but, open to the message. Well, yeah, exactly. And then with those people, you just do what you, what you can, and sometimes that's just not anything. Sometimes you're like, well, I'll just step back from that. Like, mm-hmm. I can't. 
but one of my students got me like the sweetest card she was like thank you so much for like being my coach and helping me through this thing that I'm not that good at and but also for like treating me like a whole person Mm -hmm. and I was like oh wow that is what I try to do thank you for thank you (laughs) You that's nice yeah um what year 2015 all right we're halfway well we're almost halfway there yeah this is the year things really start turning around yes let's go um anyway um so this year i was like it finally had like kind of stabilized health-wise and felt like i could like well, this this was actually the year that I quit the job that I had been in because things started getting busier and I just like couldn't keep up. And so I had more time on my hands to be like, I feel like I should do something with this incredibly traumatic and isolating experience that I've had. Um, and so I was thinking about maybe going back to school or whatever. Then I uh, had this idea to start a podcast ding 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 um and so i enrolled over the summer in um a program at columbia medical school called um uh, well their summer institute in narrative medicine which is a field of study that is working to bring more of the arts and humanities into medicine and medical education and so they had they offer a master's degree in this and i was like maybe i'll do that but then they i saw that they had this like one week you know, intensive for students in any medical field. And I was like, I'm going to maybe be a student. And so they let me come. Um, And so that was really interesting because I was with a bunch of medical students and residents and kind of able to get more of their perspective and add a little bit of mine to it. And um, that was a really interesting experience. And it introduced me to a publication called The Intima, which is actually a medical journal, a journal of narrative medicine, uh, to which I submitted the painting that is hanging right behind you that you admired before. Which I stood up and, like, it's not in a place where, like, when you walk into this room that we're in, it's mm-hmm. not, like, so prominently featured. So, like, I stood up facing the wall earlier and I was like, what? I love this. <laughs> Kara's like, you've been here before. <laughs> it's definitely been there. Um, but, <laughs> but I yeah. just like faced it so directly today. Yeah. And it's so cool. So I submitted that to them. And that was the first time I was published. And I was published in a medical journal, which I think is super cool. Um, so I was very proud of that. And that was also the year that I started working on my podcast, In Sickness and In Health, where I... Uh, interviewed other people about their experiences with chronic illness and disability um taking this you know experience that's otherwise incredibly isolating and really like opening it up and being able to connect with other people all around the world so that was uh a a really like pivotal and important project for me that began that year yay Mm -hmm. cool we're changing lives, our lives, other people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's like, uh, I feel so uncomfortable with that, but I would get emails from people saying that, you know, that like they had never heard anyone else talk about this stuff. Yeah. And it was like mind blowing for them or that like, 
you know, just to hear somebody else make like a super weird and dark joke about it was like really comforting. And like, that's, I mean, that's really my soft spot. It's like, you want to get to my heart. That's what you need to say. Is that one of my weird and dark jokes (laughs) brought you comfort? Um, So yeah, that was the, I launched the podcast in like October of that year. And like within a week was like getting like listens from all around the world, which I was not expecting at all. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it was very cool. Well, my 2015 was less interesting than that. It was really just like more of the same, which is like I almost didn't stay to do the second year of the program that I was in. Mm -hmm. And then this coach came um, and it was the first time that I felt like I had a coach who could really like was really trying to like see me and help me and actually could coach like the skill set that I had kind of mostly yeah um and so that was like a big deal for me um it turned out really poorly in the end because of reasons that don't even matter nothing that like he did on purpose or anything I love him a lot mm-hmm. but um yeah it was just like more of a blur of circus school. I was telling someone yesterday that, like, like we would just, like, come home and be so stressed. We would just, like, eat pints of ice cream <laughs> between the, like, so much training where you're hungry all the time. Yeah. But the stress of it, too, like, just, like, needing something that, like, immediately calm you down. Mm-hmm. It was, like, those were the vibes, cool. you know? Um, what is so stressful? And Not that I don't believe that circus school is stressful I'm absolutely sure it is I just don't know enough to know like I mean I'm sure it's different for everybody but for me it was a lot of things I mean first of all you're trying to accomplish so much Mm -hmm. like that's otherwise physically impossible yeah you're just trying to accomplish so much physically yeah and nobody is resting as much as they should so you're constantly like ow this new thing hurts it's just like it's Mm. always something you know which Mm. then adds more stress (laughs) and then but you're like but I have to keep training it's just like it's a whole mindset that you get wound up in that like even just aside from how hard physical training is like it spirals into things not for everybody but Mm -hmm. that are just like really difficult to know how to deal with and again without any like guidance Mm -hmm. like I didn't know what I was doing um so there's that but then there's also like if you're doing circus you're supposed to be an artist and like I'm not an artist like I don't have this vision for like circus acts that I want to make but you have that is what you have to produce because it's a performance art mm-hmm. and so for for me I mean I'm sure for every circus artist at least a little bit but for me I was that was like so hard for me I also don't still I'm not a person who really <laughs> we're laughing at a fish, fish. <laughs> um, one of my oh, look at his lips yeah um, he's it, those they're his special lips that bite coral oh that makes sense he's mm-hmm. in the coral um, or is that a puffer fish actually that might be a puffer it, fish it looks like mm, a deflated puffer fish could be maybe he'll puff up and we'll know nope he's gone um, so for me I'm still like much prefer to work with one or more other people like mm-hmm. I don't like making solo work mm-hmm. you're a collaborator um, but the the school that I was in like very much focuses on solo work mm-hmm. um 
And so it was so hard for me to make these solo acts. And like looking back at them, I'm pretty proud of them. But I was also doing an apparatus that wasn't meant to be a solo act. Like the whole thing was just like it was so much for me because you have to be so vulnerable and you have Mm -hmm. to like have ideas and you Mm -hmm. have to and for me to follow like I'm still I'm better at it now than I was then because like the pressure is lifted right like if I want to do something now it's just I want to do it yeah (laughs) it's making me do it yeah I don't have to make some act so I can graduate no I I now that I'm hearing you talk about this, I'm like, oh yeah, art school. <laughs> it's exactly, hard it's art school, horrible. except for your body. <laughs> yeah, is no, like, thank you. No, it's exploding, you. both I in good imagine. and bad ways. Yeah. Like it's just, it's crazy. I cannot. And imagine. we're all like, who knows, working on top of that too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a lot. Yeah. Um. So that was 2015. I decided to, but I did decide to go. So I started the second year then, and I started coaching at my school then which was a good thing in the Mm -hmm. long run. I also started working in the office, which, like, came to in the next couple years, like, really define, like, huge parts of what happened to me. But we'll get there. Okay. (laughs) So 2016, I was still doing the podcast. That year, um, I had connected with some people on Twitter who were part of this program through Stanford Medical School called Medicine X, which was this conference um, that brought together like medical education and technology and patient advocacy and and just kind of like brought it all together in one place, which now doesn't seem very innovative was when they first started out um and so i applied to their e-patient scholar program and was accepted and they flew me out to california and put me up in a hotel for a few days so i got to attend this conference and i produced a few projects for them that i'm pretty proud of two podcast episodes and another uh, multimedia like self-portrait project um that i'm very proud of uh, but also that year, I think, was the year that I switched insurance and I stopped getting Botox for migraines and had this like huge migraine flare to the point where I felt like I had like a brain injury and it was like really hard for me to. So I had to like take a hiatus from the podcast and stuff. And so it was like finally I had like stabilized my health in one area and then in this other area was this other thing. Um but that's, I mean, I've, I've had migraines my whole life and they've, you know, derailed me at various points. So that at least like wasn't a new thing yeah. that I was dealing with. I was like, okay, well, I at least know how to have a migraine. <laughs> like this is not ideal, but whatever. Um, what else did I do that year? Not much. Yeah, I think that was it. <laughs> my 2016 was like, I mean, I finished the program. Oh, well, I did in 2016 um, leave, was it 2016 or 2015? Hang on, now I have to do the math. Um, No, it would have been 2015. I left behind a toxic relationship that um, was a lifelong relationship that was very unhealthy for me, and it was really, really hard, and I had to talk about it a lot in therapy and read a lot of books to deal with it um but i am so much uh like emotionally and mentally healthier for it 
Yay, yeah. leaving toxic people. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't learn that until more recently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's not going process. <laughs> yes, that's and also every, true. Every day of my life, I doubt the choice. <laughs> um, uh, okay, 2016, I graduated the program, the circus school program. Um, I can't read what I wrote. Oh, I feel like 2016 was like maybe a time where I also started to recognize some of the like toxic relationships that existed in my life Mm -hmm. and be like I don't think this is my fault Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like in in kind of small ways yeah Yeah. I started to kind of be like I know that I'm crazy but I don't think I'm the crazy one am I the asshole here yeah there's a whole reddit for yeah so like that. that was probably pretty important um I became the registrar of my school. Well, I'm a registrar now. You are? I'm an assistant registrar. I was a registrar. It's a small school. It's a school that doesn't need a registrar. I also am working at a there school. There is no registrar anymore. It was a job that didn't actually need to exist, which took me two years to solve, mm. which was a problem that I'm actually, that was good job me. Mm-hmm. I totally eliminated a position that didn't need to exist. Wow. <laughs> um, and left and was like, you don't need this anymore. Um, well, that's the future. We're not there yet. Um, through well, I be, so I became the registrar like kind of like unexpectedly through circumstances that really sucked. Um, but I'm so afraid that might happen to me. It was, <laughs> it was. I needed the money because I had just been in circuit school for two years. Yeah, and like again, it was a job where I learned a lot of things about a lot of things, mm-hmm. and one the biggest thing was to like stand up for myself and like set really firm boundaries um around a lot of things and that was really important i never like had to do that before mm-hmm. um but it was very necessary in this role and i'm actually really proud of the work that i did because i i don't know i just like came in and was like i want to change a lot of this and i worked really hard to do that with like a lot of success actually because it's a small school because it's run by people who are doing 200 million things who don't really have the time or even the no like know enough to be like no you can't do it like that yeah this um, is uh exactly my job now <laughs> it, yeah interesting um how how are we the same person and, over and yeah over like again? what have we not even talked about this before um so I'm actually really proud of the work that I did um, in that job, and that's started in 2016. Um, and I, that was the last time that I actually like had a full time job, and like, or like I did this job for a year, but mm-hmm. I like had a job and like made money like a normal human, and like it was actually kind of nice to just go back to Get that tax again. rebate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like and just be like, oh, it's okay, you know, like I paid off my credit cards, like. That was cool. What's that yeah. like? I don't know what that's like anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I met Victoria in 2016, which was a big deal. She was a friend who taught me a lot about how to be a friend. That's um, nice. But I also how to like just accept somebody. Like she's probably the first person I ever knew who was just like, no, you're good just like how you are. Um, and 
that was an experience that needed to happen. We need more people like that in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So that was 2016-2017. We started this podcast. We started this podcast, yes. And I did want to mention that doing this and also doing Cinemakers and all the other Cage Club stuff... We've watched so many movies and spent so much time talking about them, and I feel like I'm definitely like smarter about the world and yeah. about culture and about filmmaking for it. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. And it's also nice to, like, I feel like I accidentally got a new, like, not group of friends because mm-hmm. I don't, like, actively hang out <laughs> with anyone except you I see you like twice a year yeah we talk all the time yeah and I also like I talk to Joey all the time now not that I ever really stopped talking to Joey but I think I definitely went through periods where we weren't as friendly or Mm -hmm. whatever and like I talked to I message with Joey all the time now too on Facebook and I see him once a year also usually (laughs) uh, which is good um and it's like comforting to just especially because I moved out of a city Mm -hmm. like you know when you're in like a city there's a lot of pop culture to experience mm-hmm. and a lot of people to experience it with it's really easy to find people who like what you like and are as nerdy about it oh look at those buds swimming together um there's um but i really lost that when i went mm-hmm. to Brattleboro. like i didn't have the same kind of friends who could make i could make like references mm-hmm. to the same way i can with like you and joey and um so it was good to find that again and be like, oh, yeah, this is actually a part of myself I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And it's been good for me working less or working from home. Now I'm working actually with people, which is very draining. But like when I like wasn't really getting enough social interaction to have like of like a forced social interaction every yeah. couple weeks or like whatever like it's good to have that on the calendar but it's also like I, f- I have such a hard time f- figuring out how I feel about things and like having to have opinions on things and like t- just to be able to like talk about them I feel like is a good exercise for me yeah I agree with that mm-hmm. I, I when we first started doing this or even before we did this when I was just doing it with like Joey and Mike sometimes I, it felt like college again, where you're, mm-hmm. like, encouraged to have, like, an active, like, lively discussion about something, mm-hmm. and I hadn't experienced that, like, really since college, and it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. I liked it so much, and I feel like I've learned, I mean, I've learned how to just talk and be like, it doesn't matter all the dumb things you just said, it's fine, but I do feel like I have also learned to be more careful about Mm -hmm. what I say and how I say it Mm -hmm. not that I'm like so careful but um but also like how to have conflict a little bit better Mm -hmm. too well that you can disagree and like it's not it's not a necessarily conflict yeah it's just like we just don't agree on this thing yeah it's not a big deal at all you know whereas like in some of the other uh like more formative relationships that I've had, you know, like any sort of disagreement whatsoever would be perceived as like, come at me, bro. Yeah. Which is like extremely not the kind of person that I am at all. Unless I feel very strongly about something, in which case, come at me, bro. (laughs) Um, 
But yeah, other stuff in 2017, I actually did finally find a job that I loved so deeply and like was working with wonderful people. Um, and that was my job at Stem and Bloom, which we did like subscription flower delivery, uh, which unfortunately just ended. My boss shut down the company for personal reasons, um, which has been such a huge loss for me this year. I didn't expect to to feel like as much grief as I do over losing it. But then when I think about like the fact that I've never had a job like that before that I actually liked, was good at, and also was working with like really wonderful people um, and learning so much, you know, and being able to work with plants and learn about new plants. And like, I always wanted to be a person who like knew things about plants. And now I'm a person who knows things about plants. And it's all thanks to Stem and Bloom. And I miss that job so much. That was another like, because it was only one day a week, because that's just like the nature of the business model, like was kind of like a quilting bee. You know, in that, like, I it was, like, forced to, like, have this social interaction with people one day a week while also we were, like, doing something and making something with our hands yeah. that I really enjoyed. Um, so that was nice. Um, but, like I said, it was only one day a week, so I had to... Because at this point, I was starting to feel better and also, like, really ran super out of money and maxed out all my credit cards because I hadn't been able to work, um, started taking on more jobs. And so it was that year that I had actually, at the beginning of the year, decided, like, I was actually so much happened in 2017 now that I'm thinking about it. I like that every year you start and you're like, I don't know. (laughs) And then you have like so many things. Well, just like we were talking about before, my memory is not great. Um, But yeah, no, in 2017, my whole life, I was, I've always been an artist, but I've been super um, insecure about my ability to draw because I had an early art teacher tell me I couldn't draw and like wouldn't put me in special art for that reason. Isn't that so sucky how one person when you're smaller can just like ruin what you think about yourself so easily? Who the fuck would say that about an eight-year-old? Like, why... What happened in your life that would make you into that kind of person? I don't know. Still think about that teacher regularly. Sometimes I worry that, like, I'm like, oh, no, what if I've accidentally done that to I a child? I can't imagine that you would. But, like, you don't know what you're going to say that's going to stick with them that you didn't even, like, yeah, but know what you nature, said or how you like, said it. Your approach, just, like, who, like, your, your entire, like, aura and vibe is so like the opposite of this horrible woman like she was just an awful woman who was just mean and nasty you would never say that about an eight-year-old or to an eight-year-old no you wouldn't be like you can't do this and you should stop trying no i would never say that yeah well that was basically what she said i would be like you can do this why are you being the worst right now (laughs) stop it yeah, I think that's fine um so in 2017 I was finally like you know if I just did more of it I would be better at it so I um like resolved to draw every day and I did and now I am so much more confident in my ability to draw like I don't have to trace things a hundred times to like get it to what I want I just drew you for your thing she did Kara drew me just because I asked her to and it was so nice but the thing that was great about it was that I just was able to just draw the form right from the photograph and like not have to trace it and not have to erase it a hundred times and not have to do it a hundred times and I just 
did it. And you did. I'm proud of myself. For and that. there were so many things that I immediately liked about it. Like, oh, you did you. a good job. Um, and then I turned into a horrible client who was like, "Could you no. change this?" No, and not like, at all. What if you did this? And like, ah. Uh... No, horrible clients say they give you all of these parameters, and you make something that matches them exactly. And then they hate it, and then they hate it, and they want the exact opposite. So you make the exact opposite, and then they're like, "Oh, can you make it like this?" Which is what you gave them the first time. This is why I'm not a graphic designer. I, like it, it truly makes me insane. Or a designer in general. Also, I'm not a trained designer. And I don't have that skill set, and I'm also very in, like um, insecure about that. But anyway, um, that year was also uh, the first year of the Suffering the Silence retreat. So Suffering the Silence is a nonprofit group that I have been fortunate enough to stumble into. Um, who is working to change perceptions about? Uh, people living with chronic illness and disability by leveraging the arts and storytelling. And so every uh, February for the last few years, we've gone on this retreat up in Vermont, and it uh, has been amazing and life-saving and life-giving and life-changing to be able to be around a whole group of people like in person who all have different ailments and all are struggling in their own ways and then also find like such incredible community and like everyone has different dietary restrictions and it's a real hilarious situation to get us all fed um but that was the first year that we did that and like really I felt like it's like saved my soul in some way that I can't fully articulate. Um, but I also started doing, actually, I think that started in 2016. I started doing storytelling shows to overcome my, my state, my absolutely paralyzing stage fright. Um, so that was like another thing that I like resolved that I was going to tackle yeah, I remember being like, don't worry, you'll Still stop blacking out eventually. It. Not there yet. <laughs> Not there yet. Um, and that year I also started showing my artwork in galleries and even got a job at a gallery. And uh, this was one of those situations where I figured out that that is not the life that I want for myself. Yeah. <laughs> I hated it a lot. Um, so, yeah, I also worked on my watercolor skills that year. What year are we on? 2017. Yes. I got my shoulder fixed. Yeah. Which is something I kind of wish I did a lot earlier, but I don't know, whatever. Your journey is your journey. Yeah. So that was a big deal and a long time coming. My school exploded while I was the registrar. It almost didn't exist anymore. Wait. It, oh, No, right. not like actually like. Like there was, it's not even now. worth going into yeah. any of the drama. You can Google it if you want to read articles about it. It actually stuff got written about it. It was a big deal in our community. Um, we almost didn't exist anymore to the point where like I did shit at that job that I like never. I hope I never have to do again. I hope nobody ever has to do. Like I like yelled at people. I threw things. I like left crying. Like just so much shit that was just like nuts. That wow. I was like, this is not who I am. This is not who any of us are. It was bad. It was real bad. And to the point where I actually got another job. And then during the time, like I gave my two weeks. I was still like being respectful. I was like, but I'm not doing this. You know anymore. what I figured out after having done that multiple times. A, you don't have to do that, and B, I don't think you should. It's just a courtesy. <laughs> it, it's never worth it, um, unless you like really like the people that you, you work with. Unless you have a reason with. to, yeah. yeah. Um, e, so 
I got another job and during the two weeks like it it came to like a head and like we were either not going to exist or a lot of things were going to change very quickly and the things changed and we got our school back but then I decided to stay I had to go back to the job I took and be like look I like if I don't stay nobody is going to do this like nobody knows how to do what I was doing of course they would have figured it out but I have this weird Mm. I have this weird loyalty thing Mm. that I do it's so annoying isn't it I also (laughs) have a weird loyalty that I'm just like what so I stayed and I mean that's another thing that I guess I'm really proud of because like I think I did a lot of things in that time that if it hadn't been me doing them they wouldn't have necessarily worked out Mm -hmm. at all or as easily or whatever I don't know I did good work or I did as best as I could do and it was stuff that needed to be done so I also got deemed the canary during this period which is like one of my favorite things that anyone's ever said to me and also one of the most ridiculous experiences that I've ever had because so I would be like the person I like got really entangled into every part of my school really like Mm -hmm. I would I was a student, I was a coach, I worked in the office, like I did most of the things that a person could do at that time in some capacity, and so I would go to the person who was now running our school and be like, okay, but this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this person's unhappy, and this sucks, and this can't keep going like this, blah, 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 and I just knew all this stuff and wouldn't shut up about it because I was like, no, this can't be like this, and so he started to call me the canary, Um, because in a coal mine, Mm -hmm. if you think there's a leak of something, what is it? Well, no, they would would just bring a canary down with them. And if the canary croaked, they'd be like, oh shit, you guys, we we got to get get out out of here. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it took me like a week, but I went to my, my bosses and I was like, early indicator. I said, you guys know the canary dies, right? (laughs) And yeah. they were like, oh, we forgot that part. <laughs> I was like, yeah. But it's true. Yeah. Like I have found that when you are that person, mm. you're going to take shit from somebody and someone's always going to be pissed off at you or you're going to be annoying them or you're going to be saying something you're not supposed to be saying. Mm-hmm. And so like, I have a huge amount of pride actually in being a canary, but it's made me think about how much I really want to do it and I mean at this point I'm just I'm just like I'll just shut up it's whatever you flow away but but yeah it's but sometimes I mean I still I still employ it sometimes yeah it it was like a very accurate thing that somebody said it's a great skill set to have yeah and and like hopefully you'll be able to uh, employ it I think on yourself maybe you know, do you know what I mean by that? No. I'm not sure I do either. Okay. I just mean like, like that early warning system. Like if you okay. know something's not right to be yeah, able to be like. to do it to yourself no. instead of like, you know, on the outside, you do it mm-hmm. on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. So I also, we, but we also moved into this custom bolt circus building. And so I got to start doing the apparatus that I actually want to have always wanted to do that year. So like I got to, I mean, I couldn't go back to flying yet because I had just had shoulder surgery, but we had a trampoline and that was a big deal for me. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I met two people who would be like my friends and fly coaches and would be a really big deal in my life. They came that year. Um, and we started this podcast. Oh, and I took a road trip to see the eclipse that like, Oh, I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. was so magical that I'm sure it will like forever be like one of the best things I've ever done. That's cool. So that was, that was a good year. A yeah. lot of things happened, but it like set up a path that was a better path for me, I think. Mm-hmm. That's good. I also melt, but I also like melted down a lot and had like heart palpitations. Like I thought I was fun, dying right? a yeah. lot that yeah. year because because of the stress of the mm-hmm. whole like work thing. That was it was just like insane. Yeah. No one should have to feel that way for a job. No, they shouldn't. I mean, I, like, <laughs> yeah, we all do. <laughs> what well, the fuck? But that's the thing is like. I don't know how long I can go being like fuck that and trying to like live outside the system but mm-hmm. honestly that's what I'm just trying to do now is I like know. I don't mm-hmm. want to ever have to feel like that for a job again I'm I'm not I refuse to live in a world where that is how I have to feel yeah. because I just think if everybody did that we could break the whole system but you know I mean we would break the system yes <laughs> I know there's no fix for it right but you know yeah. if we all woke up and we're like this is bullshit um, we'll talk about this more later in a future episode, but I feel so grateful that we had Fiona Apple in 1998 or whenever it was, get up at the MTV Video Music Awards oh, and yeah, say, she did do that. this world is bullshit. Oh my gosh, she and I did think do she that. was specifically talking about the record industry, but I took it to mean the whole but it, world. But that is every industry is the same mm-hmm. rules. Is the this same, world is bullshit. You know? Yeah. And I hear those words in my head every day. And it helps a lot to just be like, this is bullshit. (laughs) I mean, sometimes it's really frustrating, but also I try to remember that like when I'm getting too stressed out about something where I'm just like, oh, we're all going to die and none of this Mm -hmm. matters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, 2018 was pretty uneventful for me. I had a contract job. I was working from home, getting a nice steady paycheck. Didn't really do much else, I don't think. Did I do? Did I do anything? I don't know. Year? If you did, we already recorded about it. Yeah, <laughs> like we're in territory that yeah. we've mostly covered before. It's true. Oh, no, in twenty eighteen, we did Cinemakers here on the Cage Club Podcast Network, where I watched all of Amy Heckerling's movies, mm-hmm. most of them for the first time. Discovered she is even more of a genius than I thought, and that was a delight. So mm-hmm. there's a highlight. Um, in 2018, I moved to Montreal Just, for three months. That oh. was cool. Pause. They keep reusing footage. Well, it's here. 10 hours. They don't have 10 hours. You think I they, know. I mean, well, yes, but it's this fish specifically like and a couple of the clownfish. We keep seeing the same cuts over and over again. We haven't seen the turtle in a while. We have though. not seen the turtle in a while. Just had to point that out. Please continue. Okay. Oh, I like them. Um, 2018. Yeah, I... I well okay here this is the year that I was like I'm gonna change this system so that you don't need me anymore bye <laughs> so I did that and I'm actually really proud of that work too I like overhauled an entire system and like way of doing things that was a, a huge improvement on the way the school functions mm-hmm. so good job me um and I 
then left for like two months and moved to Montreal where I was very lonely and weird but I'm glad that I did it and I mostly just because I got to train with this coach who I didn't even get to train with all that much while I was there but he was so important to me Mm -hmm. he was just like the way that he coaches is so he makes it seem like he was the first one in a long time that just broke shit down for me the way I needed it to be broken down and then convinced me to just do it. Mm -hmm. And I needed that really bad. And I'm actually really pissed that nobody did that for me earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, But so to get to know and work with him was like really like a privilege and was really important. Um, And that was where you discovered your magic doctor too, right? Yeah. So I had always heard about the magic osteopath, but because I was in Montreal, I actually got to see him several times that summer, Um, which that journey didn't really get good until like the next year, but it started that journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So then I started, I started a flying program at my school, like started being a part of it and like that was like like when I again when I look back on my life I'm sure that's going to be one of the things that I'm like oh my god that was the best like you can't replicate that yeah because of the people I was doing it with Mm -hmm. um there was just like and you made something that will live beyond you that goes I did yeah you made a program what no I didn't make it no no I was just in it we were oh. the inaugural class of the program. Uh, here, I thought you were setting up the whole thing. No, I did. <laughs> I did rewrite a shit ton of curriculum. All right. At our school All that right. year. Um, I'm proud of that, too. That was what I did in Montreal for the summer for my summer job. Okay. Um, that was, I did good work there, too, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, no, we were just the inaugural like class of this program. Um, but... We had so much fun. We all, like, genuinely liked each other and, like, liked hanging out and, like, the support system. It was the first time that there was a support system and it didn't come from the school. It came from the other women. It was all Mm -hmm. six women in the program. Um, It came from them. But, like, that was the first time I ever had that. And it's exactly what I've always been looking for. Mm Mm-hmm. It sucks that we had to pay for it <laughs> to get, to keep it, you know, like yeah. it's gone, it's gone now. We're we're scattered. Yeah. Um. But like that was really important and good, and I broke myself a bunch more or whatever. But like, if I do get to go on to do circus, like I kind of thought that I would originally, like performing and whatever, like that will be why, like mm-hmm. not. Like, yeah, the physical skills, but also, like, the confidence that I gained from just, like, feeling like I belonged and was, like, could be good at something, maybe. Mm-hmm. This is the, there's proof that it's possible. Yeah. That's how I felt about my job with STEM and Bloom. Like, oh, it's possible that you could have a job you actually like and are good at. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Didn't know that that sort of thing was actually, could exist. Yeah, so that was super important um yeah yeah I mean I really just like worked my way back into circus again and that was kind of a big deal and I'm still like in the middle of that I feel like Mm -hmm. and I I think I'm doing a good job continuing when I tried to start there so also I don't know what year this happened I wrote it here I started to hang out with my sister again like a lot. I thought you two were always like 
extremely close. No. No? There was, like, many years where, like, we... We didn't talk, like, really at all. Like, yeah. even we went to Ramapo. Well, we didn't go to Ramapo at the same time for very long. Mm-hmm. Like, m- maybe one like, semester. Yeah, I was going to say one semester. But, like, like before then, after then, like, we didn't hang out or talk really. Like, we would see each other at family stuff and mm-hmm. like each other. But, like, somewhere in these years, like, 2017, 18, 19, we, like, actually started to on purpose like hang out with and talk to each other and that's been like a really big deal because I actually really like her and like that's so cool yeah that is cool (laughs) don't know what that's like a lot of people don't yeah and well I've also just never had a sister but also I have a sibling that I yeah don't gel with so yeah like I I feel bad about the time that we didn't spend together, but then I'm like, I don't know, maybe that's just what we had to do so that we could come back together and be like normal people together, you know? To me, it seems like just a, you've already wasted enough time. Why bother worrying about that time, you know? So. Just move forward. I think that was, I had, I did a shitty boy thing in 2018 that I don't feel good about. And it really like, went back to like some old habits and like patterns that I thought I or that I had tried to leave behind when I was like I can't do relationships anymore and then I didn't for so long and then I kind of like just like got into this thing with a person who was all red flags and it was not great and I feel like still like shame about it um, but it also brought me some good things I guess so I don't know yeah it's hard to parse out the good and the bad and the red flags and all of it yeah and even like it was hardly a thing you know but for me it was a big deal because every person I let into my life is a big deal mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird one, and I thought, or but I guess now I'm like, no, you actually can and should be better than that, and you need to like know what your like boundaries and standards are, and like mm-hmm. truly stick by them. Yeah. Well, it's important. Like, it can be helpful to have that reminder, you know. Yeah. That like, oh right, I made these changes, and I decided these things about myself, and I forgot them. And I wasn't sure about them, and this made me more sure. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's like, yeah, okay, so I was, like, a serial dater for 10 years, and then I was like, cool, I'm going to be single and, like, figure out myself. But then there's the part where, like, you have to get back into dating, and it's actually, like, not doing it for the first time, but doing it for the first time as yourself that you became on Mm -hmm. purpose, and, like, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. And this really made me see that. I was like, oh, I messed up. I don't know how to do it. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And so, I don't know. Will I keep doing it? I don't, I don't know. Part is the other part of, like, part of the reason why I had to leave the town that I was in. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not much uh, dating going on in rural Vermont. I don't know yeah, if everyone you know that, but it's not a lot of people there. You can carve a partner out of a tree. You could do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sex holes and everything. Ooh, that sounds wintry. 
<laughs> Sand it down real nice. Good <laughs> shellac. I'm sure, do you, if you Googled that, I'm sure that's a thing. Of course it is. I'm not going to Google it. No, that's not. Um, but so that's a a goal for this new decade. Mm-hmm. That is very scary. To figure out how to be with other people. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. No, it's a hard thing to figure or out. Or to even figure out, like, is that what I want? Mm-hmm. Because it might not be. You could be, like, Anne Shirley, the bride of adventure. I don't know what that is. <laughs> well, this episode of Anne with an E that I was watching before you got here, um, she was talking about how... Um, for years, you know, she was she was uh, praying to God that he would give her good looks so she would find a nice boy or, like, whatever. And then she finally decided that, that she doesn't w- want a boy. She just wants to be the bride of adventure and live her life and go on adventures. Well, and I do, too, except our whole society is mm-hmm. built around not, around not being alone. Like, you really, <laughs> yeah. there's no support mm-hmm. for being alone. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to just die and every, like alone. everyone continually <laughs> yeah. asks you when you're going to stop being alone. Well, I don't care about that. Yeah. But it's really like the systems that we have mm-hmm. built, the structure of it mm-hmm. is not meant for single people. Yeah. And that's actually really Even our difficult. refrigerators aren't. They're so big. They're so big. It's true. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just not like financially, it's not like yeah. it. And there's no, like, I don't, I just don't want to be, like, yeah, it's great when you're young and able and whatever, but then all of a sudden you're Everyone old and you're alone. Everyone else is paired off, yeah. Yeah, and, like, people have their kids to take care of them mm-hmm. or their spouse to at least help them out. I know it gets harder when you're old, but it's like you build something that then kind of takes care of you, at least in some way. And, like, if you're single forever, like, you don't necessarily end up with that and that's like really scary so mm-hmm. I like joke with a lot of my friends my like single female friends all the time I'm like are we gonna can we just like when do we just get to like buy a house and be like this is what we're doing we're definitely doing it so like <laughs> I don't yeah like I don't mean I, like I know that's not a real thing that a lot of people yeah. do but <laughs> I don't no know. I think that it absolutely should be more of an option because also like just because you have kids or you do get married doesn't mean it's not an insurance policy to have people there with you. No, the and you life. should have more people than that yeah, there with you. Absolutely. You're going to be better off for mm-hmm. it. Like, we weren't meant to be these, like, small family systems. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't think that's how we were supposed to. I don't think that's what works in the yeah. long run. Like, larger, especially the way the economy is now, like... I don't know. Like, and like, I don't know. I like kids a lot. I don't know that I want my own kids, I but I would do. love to help raise someone yeah. else's kids. Sure. I love kids. And That's so cool. Send them back. Yeah. Home like, I just don't <laughs> know that I necessarily want them to be mine. Yeah. But so, I don't know. Like, building a different like maybe that's what I want. Like, I don't know. Now I have to figure all that shit out and it's scary and whatever. But mm-hmm. if I look back on all the notes I've taken and the things I just said, if you, it seems like it, even like listening to you tell your story over the last 10 years, it it's like it kind of lays itself out mm-hmm. and you don't, you can't predict it, but Road you learn, out behind you. you learn how to follow it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there has been so much, I mean, my 2019 was 
horrifying like I mean it could have been so much worse like on a personal level but like on a professional level it was not great uh to the extent that like I almost had to sue someone to get paid. It took me months and months and months to find a job. And then once I did, I was back in retail and I, oh, turtles back. The turtles back. Truly like a nightmare situation. Actually the worst job I've ever had. Then finally found another job and thought like, oh, finally I can like relax and then like lose my other part-time job. It's just been, what the fuck? And I'm just like hurtling through space with no idea of where I'm going. And yet somehow... The world rolls out behind us. Yeah. You know. Was that your my 2019? Bank accounts, on the other hand. <laughs> I mean, more or less. The only, <laughs> like, my, yeah, this past year was really just marked by um, financial catastrophe, essentially, uh, one after the other, um, and bad jobs and having a hard time getting paid by them, and, um, you know, feeling. Also, because I am the healthiest that I've been in the last 10 or so years, um, you know, working more and also, and and like really making an effort to re-enter the workforce and realizing just how many, just how, how much my options have narrowed um, yeah. because of my health. And also because of all of the stuff that I've learned about what I don't want in my life, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that really is narrowing. But I think that's option. what it is, you know, because we're both people who, no matter how, I mean, I don't know, maybe we're just not desperate enough yet, but like, you're still going to say no to the thing that try. you're going to yeah. do the best you can yeah, to say no to the thing that you're like. I know no, for No, I a, can't do that. Yeah, I know for you a know? fact that this is not good for me. This is not a good situation. This will be a disaster. But I think that's how you end up where you're supposed how, to be. Yeah, like how so if we look back at our last 10 years, I think that's how we made our progress, right? Yeah. From the hard like, We're stuff. both in like wildly different places than the story that we just started telling. Mm-hmm. So like, I know that's definitely how I got there. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm a stubborn pain in the ass. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I, the thing about that retail job that I was just in this summer is that they at least paid me every week. Like, and I yeah. very easily could have just stayed there. I wanted to die every day. Yeah. But, like, it, but if I had less of a drive to try and make my life into something that, makes me actually want to live it and mm-hmm. not want to end it essentially which is like really I mean it's very very simple that's the math that I'm working no, on it's like we said time. before too like some people can just do that retail job and then go home and be like and I was hoping I don't care I yeah turns out not that person no, we care Never how we spend we care how we spend that time yeah and I it's like it yeah that's pretty cool like for me the the health thing like I said before, so inextricably linked, but also like because my physical resources, like my energy, how my body produces and uses energy is just different from other people's and I have so little to go around. I do not want to waste it on something that makes me miserable. And then also like on my free time, I don't have time to do anything else because I am stuck in bed. No, and it sucks that you're, like, forced into that position, mm-hmm. but, but also shouldn't we all be saying that? Honestly, like, 
And I get kind of mad when people are like, actually, this whole thing has been a blessing. Um, but living with chronic illness, I am not a blessings kind of person. <laughs> so I don't know if I'll ever describe it as such. However, it has taught me so much and has forced me to figure out what's important to me and what I want to spend my time and my energy on or realize that I don't want to because so many people never have to think about it like never never once in their life do they have to think about how they spend their energy and so they wind up doing all sorts of shit that they don't even want to be doing yeah they they don't don't even even think about it because it's just and they don't even know because they're just going through the motions I cannot go through the motions because every emotion takes so much more energy and I have so much less of it to give that I really have to consider it very seriously. And that's fucking annoying and it sucks and it's held me back from so much, but it's also like opened up this whole other world and made me value things that I otherwise would just like let pass by me. So yeah. at least there's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I realized while you were talking about um, getting paired off, with people that I forgot to mention <laughs> that in 2011 I met my boyfriend and we've been together ever since, which is like eight who and was a half in years. the room for the 2011 part? Yeah, which uh, <laughs> is probably why I didn't mention it. I don't know, um, but yeah, I mean, like the longest relationship I had had previously is probably less than eight and a half months. So you know, that's it's pretty significant. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, oh, also, the only other thing, really, that happened this year, um, although so much did, and, it, like, there are actually some things that I did that I am proud of, but I don't want to waste time on, um, but I became an aunt this year for the first time, Yay! and that's exciting. Um, they don't live around here, so I haven't actually gotten to meet the baby yet, but he is very tall. And very cute. He's tall. That's a so funny way already. to think of a baby. Oh, he's a very long boy. They can't stand up. They can't be tall. <laughs> no, he can stand up now. But he's just oh, like a he's very, that very old tall. already. Yeah, he was. Um, I feel like he was like just born last I time I was sitting on this couch. Um, I think that might be true. might be true actually. <laughs> but you haven't been here in a while. I think it was. Um, his birthday is in March, March fifteenth. Like a, right. exactly a month before mine. Or maybe it's May. No, he was born in March, and my boss's baby was born in May. <laughs> so many babies. Everybody's having babies. It's a little much, but I'm actually I'm enjoying the babies. Babies I are cool. I used to not like them, but now that they're at, they actually have some sort of like personal significance to me and personal connection. I'm like, you're a cool baby. All yeah. Right. Still don't want one, but you're adorable. <laughs> I even babysat this year. I know you did. For the first time since I was like 12. Yeah. And I survived. You kept the baby alive. I came, and so did the baby, yeah. But that's all I have. My 2019, well, I made, this is where I made like my first like actual progress with the magical osteopath, or this is when I was like, oh, the magic. I get it because the magical osteopath is also an energy worker and he has made me sound like a hippy dippy insane person from Vermont which I'm not I know which I'm not like I it's just that I can only say what I have experienced Mm -hmm. to be true and my experience has been that his energy work is is magical like there's I can't he doesn't 
do anything. He does he does make physical adjustments and like mm-hmm. I can feel that and that's real also. But like he will just like put his hands on you mm-hmm. and be like which can be very healing in and of itself if you're not getting a lot of physical contact. Definitely, otherwise. definitely. But that's not what this mm-hmm. is. I mean, it's helpful, but that's not what this is. Um and I don't, yeah, I mean, I can't, like, the things that he's helped me to start to see that are, like, connected between mind and body are, like, I'm, I'm gonna sound like an insane person, but it's just, like, it's all the same thing, mm-hmm. and to be able to start to experience that mm-hmm. is a very different way of living for me, mm-hmm. and has helped me, has started to help me. It's going to be a very long process to undo a lot of years of, like, anxiety and depression and, like, ADD and, like, just, like, brain patterns Mm -hmm. that are not healthy and, like, really affect my body. Mm -hmm. But he's helped me to, like, see the connectedness of it all and that, like, it is possible to just let it go and to just, like, be in the moment and to be calm sometimes and to occasionally yeah it's (laughs) it's all new I don't know where it's gonna go but to even just like get have the experience of that being real was Mm -hmm. like whoa and so that helped me be like truly a different person like the experience that I had with him was first in February when I was like whoa 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 and like so the work that we did like once a month or so after that was like equally as eye-opening mm-hmm. and then to like start to like really feel that day to day is really new and I don't know what it is yet but I it's helped me get rid of a lot of like toxicity in my life and like make choices that are like no this is actually what I want, and I don't care if it's hurting somebody. I, you know, I wouldn't want to do that on purpose, but mm-hmm. like, like no, these are my boundaries, and I'm gonna stick to them, and these are the choices I'm going to make, and that's helped me like tremendously. That's great. So that was crazy. I, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if he has to like sprinkle some Himalayan salt on you for that. To <laughs> like it, do- it doesn't matter kind of how you get there. Yeah, you know. I just wish there were more people I could work with who could help me, like, on that journey. Yeah. I've found, like, one more who's kind of, like, a baby him. She's good, but not – she's not him. Yeah, and it's so hard to wade through. Like, I was talking yeah. before about plant medicine. Like, there's definitely something there, but there's also so no, much No, I've seen so many people who are not helpful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I did some good performances this year, too. Um was this pretty year the proud T-Rex of... performance? What? Where you guys all wore the dinosaur costumes? No, that was the flying nut last year. <laughs> we were the meteors. <laughs> um, I feel like that we destroyed was the world. a couple weeks ago. It, no, that was a year ago. Wow. Um, the Yeah, no, this year we did, like, our, like, final show for the fly team program that I was in, like, the flying program I was in. So I did a trampoline act for that that I'm pretty proud of and you know I flew in that which was awesome and then we did this Halloween show this year which was like very cool I did a hand balancing act for our first time I tricked people into thinking I can do hand balancing I don't know what that is it's handstands cool. <laughs> um so that was 
good. It was just like kind of more of the same, I guess, like more going in the right direction of like what kind of energy I want in my life and what kind of steps I want to take to do what I want to do and to like actually start to make the effort to try to own that Mm -hmm. because I've never felt like I could do that before because of like you know mental health and imposter syndrome and the ways that I'm used to thinking of myself Mm -hmm. um they're all wrong and (laughs) um just like actually getting a glimpse Mm -hmm. of what other like because you know how you see I think for most people how you see yourself is really different than how other people see you yeah I have no idea how other people see me but it's always a surprise well because I think a lot of times it's uh some sort of fear-based emotion that they have (laughs) I don't understand why uh well yeah I think well I think a lot of times like people can look at anyone and be like oh I see all the potential there I see you could do this and you could do this and you would be good at this and they can they don't see limitations Mm -hmm. right when they look at you and that's all that you see in yourself and that's all that I see in myself and like to even just get a glimmer of like what other people might see which I have now Mm. is like I think it's gonna help me get to a lot of places because that even just has opened me up to reaching out for help mm-hmm. to in different ways that have been really challenging <laughs> but yeah. like um you know I'm doing them yeah. so well we tell ourselves stories to survive what movie is that from it's from a movie uh I don't remember which one because I've seen too many <laughs> my brain is as one. previously discussed <laughs> as previously discussed um but it's it's so true we tell ourselves stories about ourselves and like a lot of times it's a defense mechanism like mo- it's, it's just mostly what you, a defense it's just what you learn to, to do to survive when you're a kid absolutely and like one of the things that i've been struggling with in recent years like starting to work again is that like i i don't know how much of the story that I'm telling myself about how infirmed I am is true because for my whole life I was told that there was nothing I was there's nothing wrong with you like you're crazy you only think that there's something wrong with you so um that's a hard thing to break in my brain to yeah like undo all of that still working on it progress tbd um and so you know and like trying to get back into working I'm like well maybe maybe I can maybe I am capable of so much more than I think I am and that turned out to be true and also not at the same time and and so it's been really hard to navigate that um but I think you know kind of like regardless of whatever you have going on in your life or like whatever you're struggling against those like inner narratives might be like one of the biggest um, obstacles, like one of the biggest yeah. internal struggles that you'll face in your life. I think they're the only obstacle. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, you can't like yes, outside obstacles happen too, mm-hmm. but you can't control those, right? Like they're gonna happen, and right. you're gonna react how you're gonna react. But if like you can change how you're going to react, you know, you can change how you try. Yeah. You can change how you've set yourself up to deal with conflict and shit. That's hard and whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's all there is, you know? Yeah, that's true. Cause it, 
yeah, because it changes what you bring to other people. It changes, yeah, how you show up to everything. Mm, and for me, it's, it. it's also change. I mean, because what I do is so related to my body. Like I saw this woman who's the baby. She's like the baby version of the magic osteopath. And she was like, oh, you're self-sabotaging so bad that your body is self-sabotaging. Okay. Well, but she's right. That may be true. In my case. I'm not in saying that would be true for you. Case. Yeah. But in no, my case. No, I just case, mean like in general, I, like anytime I hear something like that, I'm like, oh, red flag, red flag. No, because of the way she, it's big, big, it's also partially because of like the parts of me that she mm-hmm. was like touching and working on as she was saying that. Mm-hmm. It was like, it rang really true. Mm-hmm. And not that like my injuries and my general dysfunction is not real. Yeah. But the truth is, is like, I have no explanation for the way that some of my pain has just disappeared since I've started working with these people mm-hmm. besides like besides that besides yeah. like shit energy getting stuck in my body and getting stuck in a cycle mm-hmm. of like me thinking I'm trash or me thinking I'm you know like not capable of something or like it's just some traumatic thing that happened in my family when I was younger it's mm-hmm. like you do hold that shit mm-hmm. with you and it does affect the way at least for me it affects the way my body works Mm -hmm. um so that's been interesting and i have like the magic osteopath is like you can learn to do this yourself and i'm like dude i don't even know what you're doing i don't what are you talking (laughs) about i can learn to do this myself but i have had small experiences of that yeah recently where i'll have like a familiar pain and I'll have to do a check-in with myself where I'm like, okay, you could freak out right now and be like, oh, you're injured, you're broken, and do that cycle. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> you could not do that <laughs> and try to recognize, like, like. Okay, yeah, I guess, because then other, like, you start holding your body well, exactly. differently and you, differently. You take that on. Yeah. So even if your pain is real, your injury is real, you don't have to escalate it. Yeah. And in this, like, really specific instance, I, like, did a deep check-in with myself where I'm like, okay, I have this pain. It's a recurring pain. Mm-hmm. It's a very specific pain in a very specific spot. And, like... Okay, so I tried to check in and be like, when does that show up? Like, what is that? And so I just, like, made a decision about what I thought it was and why it was showing up, and it went away. In, like, in like two days, I yeah. was like, you know what, pain? Fuck you. It's, you don't get to show up right now and try to ruin the thing that I'm trying to do because it happened at a very specific moment. Mm-hmm. And in that particular case, gone. Whatever works. So... I don't know. How did we get here? I don't know. This is not what this podcast is about. It's just (laughs) where my journey is going. No, I think that's very much what this podcast is about. Even though we mostly talk about movies, it's about us and the world and our journeys, etc. I know that you have to leave, uh, and you've already had to leave for a while. Um, (laughs) But do you have any goals for this year or for the decade to come? Because I got another list. Uh, oh, I, I mean, I just, I want to, when I read my list in 2030, I want it to read like this one did. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, 
I it's natural like I'm thinking about it now and I'm like so disappointed in myself like I'm like oh you should have done so much more no, or whatever you did so much but yeah like I can't be mad about the journey like because it's not like I'm doing the same thing I was 10 years ago mm-hmm. and it's not like I'm worse off and you're so, a totally different person even yeah you're still the same person yeah and closer to the person that I mean to be mm-hmm. so I just want to read a list in 2030 that reads the same way uh and this year in particular, I am starting my own business. I would really like for that to be a real thing because I really like working for myself. Um, and I really like... And it's consistent with all of the things that you've learned about what you don't want to do Exactly. So and I really like what I do, like whether or not I can convince people to keep paying me to do it to make mm-hmm. enough. I don't know. But I like what I do. And I just want to be better at it. And I want to be able to learn even more about it and, like, see where that goes. Um, so, like, I'm doing that for the first time this year. And I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, Set aside 20% for taxes. <laughs> I'm doing 30%. Oh, good for you. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and also, like, my training. Like, like I said, like, if I do end up really doing the circus thing in some way as a performer... I have set up the path okay, I think. And mm-hmm. if I can follow it, that'd be cool. Or or if I don't, like, I would at least like to have a reason why I was like, no, I chose not to do that, and mm-hmm. that's okay. Okay. That makes sense. So that's my, like, my goals for this year, I think, I guess. Uh, mine from this year. This one's a holdover from last year because I didn't do it. I want to start sewing again. Found the power cord. Now I need to find the sewing machine. Last year I was worried about the power cord, and I thought you know, where I would have brought you was. a sewing. I have one. No, I definitely have it. I know, it's here. But it sounds somewhere here. like it's not. I would just hand you the whole thing, which <laughs> sounds like it would help. No, but then you'd have two sewing machines. Yeah. Um, I want to find a better balance with my work and my life and my health because right now not great um i want to and this is dependent on that last thing start a new creative project don't know what it is yet but i just i I, now that i'm not working with flowers every week i'm i I feel that void in my life i want you to do that too like listening to you talk about some of the creative projects you've done like in the past like in this decade Mm -hmm. made me want that for you also oh that's nice (laughs) Well, one of the things on my decade goal list is that I would love for us to produce a circus show together. <gasps> that would be so cool. Let's do it. Directed. Okay. Oh my God, that would be so much fun. I know. We need the money. Yeah. So that's a thing. Don't worry. That's on the 10 year list and not oh, the okay, one year cool. list. Oh, okay, My sister can help too. I like, okay. I love making stuff with her. Yeah, fun. She's really good at the tech part of it. Great. Great. I love not having to be the we tech person. direct. <laughs> I could direct. It's fine. Okay. Um, we can co-direct it and fight and wear funny hats. Yeah. Uh, I Oh, the next thing on my list was to find a way to bring flowers back into my life because I really miss working with them a lot. Um, one of my things last year was to be more myself. And I feel like I have... Like, I, I've felt more myself in the past year than I had because of the health stuff had just you know, just interfered with my sense of self and sense of being in the world. And so this past year, I felt more myself and I want to continue feeling even more like myself, if that makes sense. 
not yep. sure it does. Um, I would like to get financially stable again, or at least not run out of money between every single paycheck. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, and to be able to actually pay my bills and maybe even start to not be in debt anymore. But that's really a, a moonshot sort of thing. Um, I would like to stay relatively stable health-wise, have less screen time, work on my core strength, and work on being more creatively courageous and curious and really like cultivate that like creative courage that like a nine-year-old girl has. <laughs> yeah. That is like, I'm going to do this thing and either you're going to help or you're going to get out of my way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I can make you a core strength plan. Okay. <laughs> that would be great. It'd be a fun experiment, too, for a lot of reasons for me. And yeah. hopefully it would actually help you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my decade goals. I want to make a short film. Um, I don't know about what. Also, I need to find a writing partner. Uh, and then the circus show thing. And I want to find my way towards... <gasps> can we make the Waterworld circus show? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I... So, yes. Absolutely. A thousand percent on board. We're going to need a lot of money for that. <laughs> That's going to, we're going to need, we need to find a grant writer. Uh, Cause I'm not, I, I don't do grant writing. Um, but yes. Okay. And then, yeah, stay relatively healthy and find some financial security. Cool. <laughs> Those are good goals. I think so. And I feel like they're all doable. I, I looked back at my goal list from, last year and I hadn't accomplished any of them and they they were just so specific yeah that stuff I can see why I didn't accomplish any of them and I'm not like so mad about it but so now I have a rule for myself where I'm like my goals are all so vague which like I've, I've been working with someone who's actually like pushing me on that where he's like mm -hmm. no just make them specific and know that it doesn't matter yeah you know yeah, no one, no one comes down and is like, you didn't complete this task. Although it does feel nice to be able to like cross it off on the list. <laughs> there I go with lists again. I went back and listened to our episode that we did last year. Did your body keep its shit together? Is your life in shambles? How did you do last winter? Because <laughs> those were like your three bigger things. What's, what's last winter? I don't know. You were just like, I would like to have a better relationship with winter. I'm still working on it, but I guess like, I don't know. Does it count that I, my way of dealing it with it this it's year was like, I just left. <laughs> like what does that, well, I don't You know. are going to Michigan, so I don't know about that, but. Yeah, I mean, I didn't leave winter, but I did leave like the, yeah. some of the circumstances that made it so hard and so horrible. Yeah. Um. My body is still in shambles, but not nearly like it was. And I actually feel like there's maybe like a recovery path available. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not getting worse. It's getting different and more interesting. And like there are stupid surprises all the time. Like mm. why is my yeah. left hip this thing? Welcome to having a human why body. Why is my left hip this thing that's broken now? And yeah. why does it hurt here? And also here? And what is that? Like are my kidneys broken? Or yeah. is it muscular? Like who knows? Don't worry. No um, one will be able to. I know I don't bother going to the doctor anymore <laughs> oh I still can't feel the skin on my leg right here so that's I don't know but like I can do what I'm trying to do a lot of the time and I have like matters, and I'm smarter about how to do that's all I can Use ask for is yeah. to be smarter 
So, what was the other one? Uh, is your life in shambles? No. I mean, yes. From the outside, if you looked at it, <laughs> like, absolutely. But, no. That's good. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, as long as you feel okay with it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it looks like from the outside. All right. Anything else? No. Our longest one to date, probably. Uh, I feel like maybe our Sound of Music episode was like two and a half hours. No, really? Maybe. maybe. I don't know. But yeah, you're right. Okay. If people wanted to um, follow along with your little adventure in the new year, <laughs> where would they find you? I'm on Instagram at PC. I don't know how good I'll be about doing shit. I but I am devalue it by calling it a little adventure. It it's is. actually a very it's, big adventure. You know, it's whatever. Jordan's um, big adventure. No, that movie's too scary. Um, <laughs> large Marge is too scary. Um, I I'm gonna try to at least do a photo dump from every stop that I do. Those are the ones with the coral look at their mouth. fake teeth. Yeah, or the real they, teeth. They have that. So oh, they there can he's just eating bite it. it off. Yeah. All right, you can find so me on Instagram at JordoPC. I gotta go. I know. I'm so sorry. My sister is about to abandon me. She has this dog, so that stupid dog. No. You can tell her it's my fault. (laughs) Okay, bye. Oh, you're done. I'm also done. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs)